Hi there, my name is Rohan Polkom, and I am the producer of the Illuminated Podcast. You probably heard me before, filling in for Kieran on episode. Starting this week, we are trying a new format. I will be joining the podcast with Kieran Kotidala, founder and CEO of N21 Services and the Illuminated Podcast, and share my perspectives as a recent graduate and idolate on the future of education with Kieran and other guests. I am super excited to be a part of the great conversations that I will be having with all the leaders of higher education, business leaders, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Most importantly, I am excited to listen and learn from these discussions. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Illuminated Podcast. I have with me my co-host and also the producer, Rohan Polakam. Rohan, how is everything? Everything is good, Karen. No complaints. Weekend's almost here. So, you know, just looking to have some fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, what's going on these days? What's exciting you and what are you excited about? How is the 2023 treating you? Well, what I'm most excited about for 2023 is the Marvel Universe's new phase, the multiverse saga phase. And I know, I believe next week or the week after, it's going to be the first movie, the new Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie. So I'm looking very forward to that. And then all the future Marvel projects are part of the next phase. So call me like a Marvel idiot or Marvel illiterate, but it took me a long while to figure out, like, is Superman in DC, Spider-Man in Marvel? Like, I finally got to a point where, like, okay, the... Batman of Marvel is similar to Iron Man in DC Comics? No, the other way around. Nope, nope, Sorry. Much. Well, <laughs> I mean, you get the gist, so. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh, Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Superman, and uh, you know, there's some like things that are not exactly there. So like, so what I'm saying is, I don't know much about the Marvel and DC comic universe. So educate me about this new multiverse movie that you're talking about after the Ant-Man. I did see the trailers on that. What's the new movie that you're most excited about? Well, what I'm most excited about for Phase 6 is the new Avengers movie. They have, I think it was uh, Kang Dynasty and uh, Secret Wars. Those are like, that's like the premise of like, oh, the last Phase Avengers of, which was Endgame and uh, Infinity Wars. So, because they're bringing a new villain, which is called King the Conqueror. So, and I don't know much about him. I never read any of the comics past the Thanos stuff. So, I'm looking very excited to knowing much about him and very much the whole new plot and just, you know, getting to the mindset of what the enemy wants to do because I like learning about the villains of various movies. Hey, Rohan, this all sounds exciting about movies, especially Marvel. And Varun and I have been in this journey where we started looking at new movies. And one of the ways I've been looking at which movie to watch or not is by looking at things like Rotten Tomatoes and, uh, you know, other review review tools like IMDb. But, you know, when it comes to businesses, the issue that we're seeing is that, you know, the reviews are, for example, reviews on Yelp are just... I sometimes they're genuine, like, for example, like people just generally go to a restaurant and rate the meal and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's some competitor going and posting random shit about this restaurant just because they want people to not go. So I'm that's why I'm so excited about Chelsea. So let's bring her in because I'm excited about her Rhino reviews. Chelsea, welcome to Illuminated Podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. So uh, I was talking to Rohan, we were, we started this conversation about movies and his, um, you know, we'll call it addiction or uh, <laughs> obsession with Marvel comics. 
And when you look at movies, there's a lot of information out there, whether it is Wikipedia's or Rotten Tomatoes, where even in Rotten Tomatoes, you have things like critics reviews and mm -hmm. uh, audience reviews. But when it comes to businesses, especially, you know, maybe one can argue that businesses have reviews, especially if they're restaurant uh, businesses, uh, where um, they have reviews by patrons. But, you know, if you're a B2B business like N2N, you know, none of the universities go and submit a review, a positive review at end to end on our website. So, you know, what you're doing at Rhino Reviews is really exciting because you're helping businesses get around that exactly. So for listeners, um, just to introduce you properly, Chelsea is the founder of Rhino Reviews. She works with businesses to protect their online reputation, but also helps them with growing and leveraging their online customer reviews. Uh, Chelsea's Rhino Reviews offer only fully managed review generation and reputation management system on the market. Every client re receives a unique strategy based on their current reputation, where they wish to go, headwinds they might encounter. So Chelsea, this sounds really exciting because I think every business need to think about their online reputation. Talk to me a little bit about how important it is for businesses to A, protect their reputation, online reputation, um, businesses as in business founders and the business themselves, and also in increase it, monitor it, and enhance it in the current world of social media and internet world. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really love, I want to dig back into the IMDb uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So I've actually, you know, I've been doing this for almost five years now, and I've never correlated it to the movie aspects. That's a, that's a fascinating one right there from the critic score to the audience and, and kind of how that relates to businesses. But when it comes to businesses and their online reviews, you know, everything has been really shifting digital over the past 20 years. I mean, you have to have a website, you have to have a presence. There are certain platforms such as Facebook and now really even Instagram that businesses you know, it's a necessary evil. Um, and it just adds more and more onto the business owners or the general manager's plate. Online reviews really took off with um, when you when you hear that most people typically think Yelp and restaurants and it's kind of launched from that industry and carried over now where I mean even some of our B2B businesses um, are, are huge where it's not just the end user customers it's business partners that are looking online for you. The biggest shift that we really saw that that accelerated this even faster this kind of digital transformation was COVID. Um, businesses no longer had the luxury of people kind of just walking down the streets and finding them that way. The only way that customers were finding them and were communicating with them and ultimately were deciding to try them was online. So these online reviews became huge, um, even larger than they were before. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of the businesses where they have the largest impact, and what I mean by that is you think the typical mom and pop business, you think the true kind of like brick and mortar small business where they're locally focused and, and that kind of local customer base is what matters the most. They're the ones typically that have the least knowledge of these tools, as well as the least time to really go out and build and, and protect this online. Um, and so that was that was typically where Rhino, Rhino Reviews was launched from, um, with the mission to be able to kind of help these businesses and empower them to be able to take control of, of what they're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, Rob, what do you think of this idea of businesses? I know you've been involved with end to end and other, um, you know, personal and business uh, reviews. What, what do you think of the idea of managing and monitoring business reviews? Well, first of all, I think what 
she's doing is very wonderful. I definitely feel like we need more depending on the industry and everything because there's that there's always a correlation between reviews and then also like just how well known the company is or the uh, publicity. So I just want to talk about what happens if, say, for example, a Amazon, they're very well known, they have a good reputation, they have Google PC, but say there's a bunch of bad reviews that happen all of a sudden. How is there like a correlation between uh, the reviews, positive or negative, and their uh, publicity? Can you just talking about that? So if like one skyrockets, will the other skyrocket? Or if one plummets, the other will plummet? Can you just describe to me if you had to deal with issues like that from Rhino reviews? Absolutely, and that's a Amazon is uh, a beast within themselves when it comes to reviews. I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen. I think in the past year alone, they've had about three front page New York Times articles about the scams of fake reviews and the extent that people will go to to get these reviews. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the platform Upwork. It's a freelance digital platform um, where you can go and hire yeah. people. And at any point in time, if you go on that platform, there are companies who are paying for Amazon, um, Google, Yelp reviews, and they're paying upwards of $25 for people to go mm -hmm. on and leave a review, which number one, that's it's it's sad because you know it's fake right is, exactly but i think it also is a testament to how powerful these reviews actually are that someone's paying 25 dollars for one um in regards to your question about the impact of like the amount of reviews and kind of um how many you get and also the virality i guess i'll call it of the business it really depends on kind of the industry and the business that you're in when it comes to Amazon or Google Shopping or something like that, where it's strictly e-commerce, there is that direct correlation because it gets pushed up higher. It's an algorithm. It's all data. Um, we're also, we kind of joke that like reviews are the new popularity contest from high school. So as, as humans, whether we want to or not, if I see a product and it's got 200 reviews and I see the exact same product for even a lower price point and it's got five reviews, I'm going with 200. And so again, that also kind of feeds into that factor. Um, when it comes to local businesses and they're perhaps Google My Business reviews or Facebook or Yelp, there is a similar kind of pull that way as well. And the reason for that is the Google search um, local SEO kind of algorithm. So a lot of businesses, and that's this is one area that we really try and talk with our clients about because a lot of businesses look at digital marketing and SEO and they will spend thousands of dollars and you know, it's a long-term game. It takes a lot of time. And unfortunately, there's also a lot of marketing agencies that charge a lot, but don't necessarily deliver and kind of take advantage of these naive business owners when your online reviews and your ranking is actually the number two contributor to your local, um, your Google My Business local SEO results. So if, right. if you are a brick and mortar and you're trying to drive traffic, this is essentially a free way, as long as you set up a system and follow through with it and manage it properly, to drive those results. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is. It makes a lot of sense, right? For example, when you look at a when I go to a new city, when I look for mm -hmm. I don't know Thai food or Malaysian food or Indian food, um, I the first thing I do is go and look at uh, Yelp and the reviews, um, and obviously some pictures there. Uh, and based on that, we can make a decision. Uh, the The place where I'm kind of struggling with, it makes sense for doctor's offices. It makes for, sense for restaurants. It makes sense for um, anything that has more of a storefront. You know, what about B2B businesses? Why do the B2B business need to care about customer reviews? Or, you know, how how much should they care about customer reviews? Can you talk to us a little bit about B2C business? and their importance of customer reviews and B2B businesses and their customer reviews? 
Absolutely. So um, contrary to what I thought when I started the business, um, actually about 60% of our clients are B2B businesses. Um, B2C, it makes sense. Um, you know, restaurants, as you mentioned, dentists, doctors, lawyers, like we all want to know about other customers' experiences. You're trying to target that kind of local audience as well. The B2C is a, is a natural thought with reviews. Where B2B really factors in is for similar reasons, but at the same time, different. Um, number one, if they're going to partner with you, they want to know that your customers are happy because now I'm putting my reputation with yours. So they're reading those customer reviews to kind of judge who you are as a business. Also, how you react and handle things because how your customer service handles your interactions with your customers is an indication of how your team is going to handle your interactions with us as a partner and a little bit into kind of like your values and your morals. Um, and then the other piece is kind of the same thing. They're walking. I mean, it's a walking testimonial. Do people like you or not? Uh, you know, if your customers don't like you, are your employees happy? And it kind of steamrolls from there. Um, so yeah, that, the B2B piece is fascinating because I was really surprised with that poll as well. Um, but again, it's, we're all kind of shopping for the same thing. Just sales is sales. The product is what's interchangeable. And it's kind of that way with reviews. Awesome. So with that being said, I know you were talking about reviews a lot, but then for say, for example, there's like this one company that is plain basic. They've been sort of for stabilized in their reviews, not like negative reviews, but not more positive reviews. And then all of a sudden, say we have this a famous person, I'll just <laughs> review them. Then normally, in my understanding, when someone famous, like an influencer or actor or whatever, will comment and review, then normally those sales will go upwards because of that famous person. This is true in what you're seeing with your business as well. Like for example, Logan Paul, he made his own energy hydration drink. And for his mm -hmm. own Logan Paul, he's a UFC fighter. So now like I've been seeing reviews on that skyrocketing, but I'm not sure if that's just because of the drink itself or just because of his fan base. So I want you to talk about the correlation of that real quick and how influencers can make reviews be more positive than negative. That is um, a really fascinating question and the, the impact of social media and again, the influence that, that some of these people have over brands. Um, I don't want to say unfair, but there's definite advantages to partnering with celebrities or those with or influencers with large audiences. I think one industry where you can see that really taking off is in the tequila industry. Um, how many new tequila brands have come out recently where they're all part, I mean, you've got The Rock, you've got Kendall Jenner, you've got Eva Longoria. I mean, there's, there's tons of them all coming out because of what you've just said. They have this automatic engaged fan base where the product I'm sure is wonderful, but a lot of the press and a lot of this positive public praise from people is really coming because of that, that influencer there. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's a strategy uh, for a business to succeed. Marketing is impactful. And I think the fact that so many people are following that trend kind of speaks to the success of that. Yeah, right, because maybe. we see this. Oh, sorry, Karen, you can continue. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I was saying, right, because we see this a lot in like, especially with cars and especially the Transformers. Mm -hmm. Like when the first Transformers movie came out, I know like the next couple of months, I was just seeing a bunch of bumblebees on the road. So like, that's just a nice example I want to show. But like, say, for example, because of the movie and then because of the car value, say like something happens and then it just starts plummeting. Is there a way to recover or like, what do you recommend to recover to help the reviews be more positive if there's like some mistake that happened with their product or something. I just want to know um, the emergency situations and how you would approach them if need be. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, 
a lot of our clients, um, when they first reach out to us, it typically is, I call it kind of damage repair, um, where there's something that was wrong with the business that caused this kind of onslaught of reviews. And we're trying to figure that out. Um, typically the business is aware of what actually caused that, whether they want to be truthful up front with us, or we're going to, you know, spend some time trying to figure that out. But um, our approach with that is there, there's twofold. So there's the public approach and you've got to own it as a business nowadays. I think you need to come out you need to own an apology. Um, you need to, to kind of handle it, um, issue some type of a statement, get responses up to every bad review that's happened, put some type of customer support direct line that they can reach out to, to contact. Um, but you have to address it. You can't just like brush it under the rug and hope that it went away. That's the public side that you have to address. You also need to address the internal side because there is clearly some some misalignment within your business, whether it's lack of support, um, some actual like product issue that was going on, um, something like that. But typically, if it's an onslaught of reviews like that, and it's not a spam attack from a competitor business where it's your actual customer saying stuff, we can put a Band-Aid on things, but that's not going to be a long-term solution. And when we partner with businesses, we're here for the long-term. Um, so it's having those difficult conversations with you know, their sales manager or their operations team on, look, we can make this a little bit better, but like, what are we actually doing to fix the problem? Yeah, I mean, that's that sounds really exciting because I think there's <laughs> many reasons why businesses need reviews. One is obviously if you're in the beginning and customers don't know anything about you, uh, we can, uh, they need reviews to make sure there's a seed of goodwill, if you will. And when they're in flux and they have some mix of good and positive, positive and negative reviews, they need some way to correct it. So let's talk a little bit about Rhino reviews, because I know that's your business. How do you help organizations build a better customer review funnel? Do you seek out more customers? Because certainly just like you talked about, you know, there's no point going to Fiverr and say, you know, posting by hundred positive reviews about the business or, or Upwork, if you will. Um, what is the right way of building a customer feedback management system that builds a good customer review process? And how does Rhino Reviews help in the situation? I love the way that you just asked that. What's the right way to do it? Because um, it is, that's sometimes a hard, hard conversation to have with clients because we're all, what have you done for me lately? We want things immediate. We want 50 new reviews tomorrow and I want them all five stars. <laughs> um, and unfortunately that's, you know, we can make that happen. But number one, that's going to be, we're, we're violating terms and policies, which I'm very strict. I'm very black and white with policies. Um, but uh, that's not what we imply. The, what we work a lot with our clients on is putting a process in. You are, what, what we tell people a lot is you're in business. You clearly have happy customers. We just need to give them a way to get these reviews out there. What's the one thing that all customers have in common? We're lazy. People are so inherently lazy if there's something not in it for them. So when it comes to your reviews, you need to think about that. Treat your customers like kindergartners. Make it as easy as possible for them to leave their review, hit them when they're happy so that they're motivated to do it, and then follow up politely and appropriately. Um, so we work with them to put in processes. Um, we use a combination of both automation from our own internal software, as well as a manual piece from our team um, to, to, to get this out there. Um, we create campaigns based off of like what are the appropriate, I call them trigger points in your customer life cycle, where it's appropriate to ask for a review. Um, again, we integrate into the profiles that matter for those businesses. So Google's obviously kind of king. It's a verb. We Google it. Um, so Google's king across all companies, but then you have the industry specific ones, your restaurant, Yelp, your doctor, ZocDoc, 
um, your lawyer, so AVO. So we look at those industry-specific fields as well. Um, and then we're tweaking those campaigns, monitoring engagement levels, responding to all the reviews that are posted. And then really the power with the review, yes, is on Google, but also, Rohan, as you've mentioned a couple of times, it's in marketing. How do we take that review and put it everywhere, stream it back to your website, use it in your newsletter, put it on social graphics and, and you know, make posts out of it because that's the power statement. Um, Facebook actually did a study last year and they showed that there's a three times higher click-through rate on ads with testimonials included. So think of like the big brands, I mean, Casper, um, these mattress companies, you can't walk in their store. If you mm -hmm. walk in the displays, they don't talk about, I don't know, the 17 layers that are in this mattress. When you walk in that store on the side of it is 17,000 people said that this is the number one mattress. I mean, they're all of their marketing material only talks about their reviews because that's the power. We're all, it's the social validation. Um, I kind of streamed away a little bit from what you asked about the, the process of the reviews. So it's really that, it's putting a process in place. Um, one thing we do do with some clients if we're walking into that damage control situation that I mentioned is maybe do a couple internal surveys, a couple internal outreaches where we're asking for a review, but we're not having it linked to a public profile. We're having it linked to a personal email because we want to understand the pulse of the customers, like what's going on here. Are we opening up a, a can of worms that's going to be worse than, than better? Um, but uh, we also try and work with our, team, our clients a lot and say like, you shouldn't be surprised by a negative review. If you're genuinely surprised and caught off guard as a business owner, there's a mess in your business because you should know if you're delivering quality or not. Maybe you're surprised by a four-star or a three-star, but if we're getting ones and twos and you think you're hitting it out of the park, we need to have deeper conversations because there's something that's amiss there. That's just great. I love how you sell that, especially bringing Google into it because we have sites, like you said, Google, Yelp, Reddit, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But you know, people will just mainly go to Google. They, I, I know me personally, I don't really check Reddit or Yelp or any of the other sources, just mainly Google because that's the most trustworthy. So when it comes to how credible the reviews are compared to Google and other sites, how do the other sites like Yelp or Reddit, even Bing, I heard is making a comeback. How are they yeah. to fight that monopoly that Google has made to show the world that, hey, we're not just making fake reviews. These are actually legit. <laughs> these are actually real. So can you just explain to me like some of the strategies that they might need to use and your thought process in that? Yeah, it's a, that's a that's a really tough question, but a powerful one. Um We've dealt with a lot of viral issues on Reddit and on there, as you know, it's, it's not as much like a five-star rating. It's more like a post that is tagging the business and going viral typically for all the wrong reasons. Um, when those situations happen, we try and reach out and kind of humanize with the author and explain to them if it's appropriate, like the impact this is having on the business, um, explain to them kind of the follow-up, get them in contact with support, maybe if that'll help. Um, but Reddit Reddit from a review standpoint, it's more the, the viral post. Um, from Yelp, unfortunately, Yelp started this as the powerhouse and they really went into it first. And then for the reasons that you just kind of mentioned, the illegitimacy of the reviews that got left, the amount of, I mean, literal blackmail that customers try and put with these reviews. I mean, I, I have clients where we've received a one-star review on Yelp and within a minute of getting that notification, we have a, an email from that customer saying, I just left you a one-star review on Yelp. And if you don't take it down, or if you don't give me $200 back, I'm not only going to leave three more, but I'm having my family and friends keep leaving them. Where they're trying to use these reviews literally as blackmail. Um, the unfortunate right. thing that I think Yelp 
missed a lot was, and still is, there's always opportunity to fix things. They um, don't necessarily, in my opinion, always have the best interest of the business at heart, nor the customers. And I think by not helping the businesses, they hurt the customers. And that's why customers have shifted from it as well. Um, Yelp has a very strong pay to play mentality from a sponsorship standpoint, um, where support is not really there unless you're a paying sponsored ad on that business on within Yelp. And their advertisement is, is steep for some small businesses. Um, they have that reviews not recommended. So they mm. try to have a way to validate reviewers. And what that process is, is if you haven't left and, and the algorithm flexes, but for right now, we'll just say, okay, if you haven't left three to five reviews on Yelp, your first review will actually not show up, even if it's a legitimate credit, credible review, because Yelp wants you to be an active reviewer. That's good in theory, but not everyone leaves reviews all the time. So you have right. these people who are leaving real reviews and they're not getting getting shown. Um, yeah. And also the other thing that gets lost in the noise, if you will, is that uh, that's why I started with the IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, where if I'm going to watch a movie, whether it's Amsterdam or the menu, I look at the regular people's menu, like normal uh, audience. And also I look at the critics review because, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoy the critics review because they are more impartial. Their credibility is on the line when they say this is a, I don't know, 99% Rotten Tomatoes instead of 8% Rotten Tomatoes because, you know, they want they take they take respect they have respect on their review if it's just like tom dick and harry they can <laughs> post something that you know just just a wild time so there's absolutely nothing in yelp that would say this is a real food critic uh, reviewing a restaurant rather than saying oh yeah i guess this person rates every restaurant he goes to he has a lot of time on his uh, he or she <laughs> has a lot of time on his hands so it must be good you know, yeah. no, he just has too much time on his plate. Like, or he's just a bitter person. <laughs> yeah, he's a bitter person because nobody goes to a restaurant and says, oh, this food is really good. Like, it's very yeah. rare for somebody to put a positive review, uh, but it's very common for people to put, like, bad reviews. So how do we, like, A, is there anything we can do in an industry to change that, to say, this is a, you know, this is an influencer uh, that's a paid advertisement. This is a favor type guy you know should not be this this review should have no meaning and this is a food critic reviewing a restaurant or this is an IT uh, critic reviewing a IT company you know what can companies do to remove noise from music uh, or uh, make it more valuable information for a prospective customer or for themselves mm -hmm. uh, what do you recommend for business owners to do this you know, that's a really fascinating question. It's, again, I think platform specific. Google actually does have, they're called local guides. Um, and so those are, they their reviews hold more weight. Um, there's, you know, processes and policies that you have to do to be able to get local guide status. So they are trying to kind of elevate that a little bit. Um, there are certain platforms where they've really hit it out of the park. And I think they came in later to the review game, but understood the gaps that these other platforms were missing. So one in particular is called Clutch. Um, it's more for the professional services, a lot in the digital space. However, it 
is a powerhouse of a platform um, for both customers to get, you know, for the businesses that are looking for these services to be able to trust like really what's on this platform as well as for the businesses themselves. So they, they kind of went opposite of Google and Yelp where they're trying to appeal to this mass audience and they went really slim. Um, what they also did was they saw all these problems with what you just said, all of these fake reviews, all of these people that all of a sudden you've just given this microphone to and they can say anything they want. Um, they looked at Google and Yelp and saw, hey, these reviews are really easy and quick to leave. They take 10 seconds for you to click a button and go. And they went opposite in both directions. Their review process is a seven to 10 open-ended question with a 200 word count minimum. So it truly mm -hmm. takes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to fill out. Um, so you've either got to really hate or really love a business to do it. Um, the other thing they do is you have to log when they first launched, you actually had to schedule a phone interview to be able to leave a review. They which, sent which company is this? It's called Clutch. Mm. Um C L -E really yeah. yeah. And then so they used to require a phone interview. They changed that a couple of years ago. And now you log in through your LinkedIn. But what that does is it verifies I'm a real person. I've got my LinkedIn profile. I work for who I say I work for. I've shown, you know, like I use this company because it makes sense. And they have someone manually reviewing every inter every review that's submitted. Um for all those reasons, they're combating the challenges that we're all kind of talking about on these other platforms. And uh, yeah, it's become a powerhouse um, in the review industry. So with, with that being said and how you were saying, oh, you don't know if this is real, this is fake. Mm -hmm. I do know um, there are such thing as like certified reviewers or author authorized reviewers, especially on Amazon where, you know, I know personally when I'm buying something, I always read some reviews depending on the item. Like if it's like, oh, PlayStation 5, obviously I'm going to read the reviews to see from this certified buyer if it's legit or if I'm just getting scammed. So like, is, so like with your experience, does that help or does it not help at all? Because at the end of the day, people are just trying to look at the good reviews without even verifying if it's real or not. So just talk to me a little bit about that. And if there needs to be more of that happening, if we need to make like a new process of say, hey, there's this person that's always buying from so-and-so, let's make him a certified reviewer. So do you have any like implementations that are like that right now? Or are you planning to just talk a little bit more about how that can help so we can have a more trustworthy source? Yeah, it's a, again, it's a, that's a really, you guys are asking some good questions. Um, so what we, what we talk about a lot with clients is customers are smart. As you just said, like you, you're taking the time to read these reviews. We're no longer just taking these reviews and ratings at surface value and not diving deeper. We are reading them. What typically happens and they, they've shown through um, analyzing like eyelid tracker or eye trackers and mouse trackers to see where people go on, on screens, but they're no longer just looking at the review and rating and moving. They're clicking the review because they want to read more of, of all of them. And then they're sorting by date typically because they want to see what's been going on recently. Um, one thing that they've also been able to show is that when customers are reading these reviews, they're internalizing them in certain ways and we're not treating all reviews the same. So if a review is from John Smith and it's a sentence of typing, I'm going to trust that that review actually might be from John Smith because it's a name. But if it's from an alias like Big Dog 104, I'm kind of going, I don't really know if that's a real person. We're also reading and judging from like the grammar, from what they say, like, are they just on an upset rant? So there is a bit of an advantage there. And then as you, as you kind of mentioned on Amazon and uh, Amazon specifically, I'm, a, you know, we're looking, are they a verified buyer? Do they have, you know, did they, 
do they actually show that they've purchased from this customer? Where are they located? All of these kind of other signals, trust signals that we're looking for. I think the more transparent and kind of the more information like that, that these review platforms and businesses can put out there, I think the better it is for them to try and at least show which reviews are fake or not. They might not be able to delete them all. They might not be able to get rid of them, but they show a little bit more of that story and kind of, um, fight that, that battle for them. So speaking of fighting the battle, as we start wrapping up this episode, um, I love the idea that Rhino Reviews is allowing businesses to start thinking about how to solicit good customer feedback, how to get good customer reviews in the right way and uh, help them start thinking of an infrastructure. So talk to me a little bit about if I'm interested, you know, as a business owner, if I'm interested in Rhino Reviews, what would the process be like? Is it a monthly subscription? Is it a you know couple hours of consulting services? What, how would a new business owner or a business owner that's currently struggling with lack of good reviews um, engage with somebody like you or your team? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so what we typically do is uh, reputation analysis. So if we were to have a business that was interested and they reached out to us, we perform a reputation analysis. And that's just... Um, there's no charge with that. We're doing that because we're also trying to figure out, is this a business that we think is a good fit for us? Um, so we put together um, kind of like a, a little strategy analysis of their current reputation, um, some of their competitors, maybe some headwinds that may may facing, as well as what we would suggest that they kind of do from a, a, st a strategy perspective. Um, we then talk about the business with them kind of explain all of that to them. And if they choose to engage in our services, you know, we're thrilled to work with them. If not, you know, we're also able they walk away with that strategy um, to, to try and execute on their own. Um, it is a monthly service. So we do typically work in monthly engagements with our clients. I will say in the four years in business, we've got an 84% retention rate, which is why I mentioned earlier, like we're in this for long-term partnerships. We're in this for businesses that understand the value of this and, and want to work with us to help them get there. Um, we do do some strategic consulting where uh, we're more of an advisor with kind of monthly meetings, but I would say that's uh, our larger enterprise level clients where they have, you know, a 10 person marketing team. We're just coming in kind of the expert on this area, coming up with the plan and then more checking in to make sure they're on track with it. Um, those projects are always really fun because it's a very different experience for me and I get to work on them firsthand. Um, but the majority of our clients, they're, they're within that month to month contract. That's just great. I love everything you're saying so far. I'm very happy about what you're doing with Rhino Reviews. So the last question I have for you is where do you see yourself with your industry and the review industry and Rhino Reviews heading within the next five to 10 years? Yeah, um, that's the end of the banger. It's a tough question. I We're always looking to try and evolve. Um, as I mentioned, the digital space does change very quickly. Uh, when we started this five years ago, Yelp was a front runner. Now they're kind of in the back burner. So it's really just trying to follow the trends, follow what matters to businesses and customers. I think Google continues to go deeper and deeper in how important and how much in a good, but also a scary way, they kind of can control these businesses and their success. So making sure that we're arming our customers with the, the best advantages that they can. Um, we're constantly kind of trying to add new services, new iterations into our tools, um, as well as just continue to deepen our own knowledge. Um, one big iteration that we've seen in the past two years that about 60% of our business actually is now is employer branding reviews. So Glassdoor, Indeed, as hiring has become really challenging across the board. 
Um, so just trying to continue to understand like, hey, yes, reviews matter from customers, B2C, B2B, but also internal and, and how do we kind of keep keep evolving as this goes? Oh, I mean, I think that's that sounds so exciting. And Chelsea, we've learned a lot from you. In fact, uh, from everything you're saying, uh, I do feel like at end to end, we can probably take advantage of your services. We'll, <laughs> we'll definitely be in touch for sure. Um, and, you know, we really appreciate you joining the podcast and and sharing your thoughts. Is there anything we should have talked about that uh, we missed out in this conversation? That's a, you know, I keep saying that a good one. I actually think typically um, people avoid the negative. You guys dove right into like, how do we handle these bad situations if they're out there? Um, I think we, we pretty much covered a, a vast amount of topics today, ranging from, you know, where is this going to different platforms to the B2B, B2C. Um, I, I, the moment no i think you answered any question that we're used to, to being asked great well chelsea thank you so much for joining the podcast uh we'll definitely be in touch uh, either for the next podcast appearance or helping out into van uh rohan thank you for co-hosting this with me we will post in the show notes with all the links to your business and also uh, ability to contact you listeners uh, please use the information to reach out to Chelsea, whether it's a business is a university trying to solicit or uh, get better students or a restaurant trying to remove bad reviews or a B2B business trying to go to the next level and try and disrupt your business. Chelsea, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you. This is really great. Everything is a service. Whether it's finding ways to help students reach their goals within higher education, sharing medical records to patients quickly and securely, informing residential customers of an impending outage, or communicating with remote satellites thousands of miles apart, all of it requires data, integration, and communication. At End2End, we provide services that make all of these possibilities realities. And we make it faster, simpler, secure, and easier. Because we believe everything is a service, and bringing everything together is how we can help you innovate and change the world. <laughs>